Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Lord, we glorify the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that your mercy will be upon us in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' most precious name, we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The topic I want to talk about is come partake in this joy. Come partake in this joy. The scriptures as we look into what we've been talking about and we have so just which um, that we'll be looking at is partake partake in calm and partake in the joy Home and partake in the joy. We will start off by reading the scriptures. You know, the Bible, one thing about the kingdom of God, and this is something that, you know, we would, I hope that we would be able to, to understand about God's kingdom. When God releases something to you, most of the time, Whatever God releases to you is a seed. Whatever God will release to you is a seed. And or even at the at the highest level you think it is, it will still be in a seed form. And the Bible teaches us to say that that so when you read Matthew chapter 13. From verse 31. The Bible says that he told them another parable that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. So what the Bible is saying is that what the kingdom of God is a seed, but it has to be planted for it to be able to come to life. It has to be planted for it to be able to come to life. So the Bible says, though it grows, it's, it says, the Bible says, though it is the smallest of the seed, yet when it grows, it becomes the largest garden and becomes a tree so that every bird can catch on its branches. Amen. Amen. And when I'm explaining this on as we look into more details, is that when the Bible talks about it in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Now, the Bible says that, uh, it says that you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses. Now, what am I trying to point out here? Is that even in the day of Pentecost, 
as the place all shook. That power that God gave to them is an ability. It was still in seed-like form. It was still in seed-like form. It was still in seed-like form. And the Bible says, so when we read that scripture, we would begin to understand that whatever God releases, He releases it to you in a seed-like form. He releases it to you in a seed-like form. So, you, what I'm trying to say is that it is, it is an ability. It is an ability. It is an ability. May God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So, as we are looking at all of this, I am just trying to let us see and understand that all of the things that God will ever release to you and me is a seed. Now, when we now go to Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5, you see that the Bible talks about that there are fruits of the Spirit. And when you go from verse, if you just go from verse, um, verse 22, the Bible says that, just quickly, the Bible says that but the fruit, but, but the Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, and kindness and goodness. Now, what I'm trying to say is that for you to be able to fully experience this fruit, you must know how to, how to develop them that it keeps growing onto a place where it becomes a part of your life. So we are looking specifically about joy. How does that joy become an, an experience? How does that joy become what you experience? So the Bible says, so, you know, as we look at this particular type of joy, you would see that there is, you know, like, for example, when it comes to the peace of God, the Bible says that when you pray, then the peace of God, so that means that one of the ways you trigger the peace of God, which we talked about last week, is on the platform of prayer. But there are other things that you would do to being able to partake in the joy of God. As there is a particular avenue that God has opened up amongst all other ones where you can or you will be able to access the joy of God. So the Bible says, so when, when one of the parts we'll be looking at, let's look at Luke chapter 10. The Bible talks about, the Bible talks about God sending out 
the disciples. And the scripture later says that the Bible says that they returned back with joy. So that means that what the Bible is saying here is that after they went out to do evangelism and they returned back, they had access to a level of joy. And the Bible says that it says in verse 87, Jesus, okay, verse 17 says, and 72 returned with joy. And he said, Lord, even demons submit to us in your name. And the Bible says, he replied, and he said, I saw Satan fall like a lightning. And when I said, I've given you authority to trample upon snakes and scorpions and to overcome every power of the enemy, nothing would harm you. But what I just wanted to first of all point out here is that because they were able to go out and win and impact lives for Christ, there was a dimension of love by which they were able to partake in. By which they were able to partake in. Let's just read on, please. Let's just go to the next slide, please. And you will see that that joy did not only start stay with them. The Bible says, however, it said, do not rejoice. It said, verse 21 says, at that time, Jesus was full with joy. So there is a particular type of joy that when you encounter, you and Christ, are, it's, it's, a, it's a celebration that you are part of. There is a kind of joy that a Christian will never know. Until he gives them, they give themselves to soul winning. So the Bible says at that time Jesus was full of joy through the Holy Spirit. He said, Father, I praise you. He said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. Because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, but you have revealed them to your children. What did Jesus, what was hidden? I believe part of the things that were hidden was access to true joy. That until they were able to step out, they would never experience it. That's why you can have a Christian that will be a Christian for a long period of time, but they may not understand or be able to experience some level of joy until the day you really see scriptures that the Bible will say that Jesus was full with joy. He said, but these things, you have hidden them. You have hidden them. I'm going to just um, show us a, a comparison so that you understand how, why this kind of joy is so important in the heart of God. Let's look at Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, from verse 36. The Bible says, and the Bible talks about that, and he saw the crowd. The Bible says he had compassion on them 
because they were harassed and helpless and a sheep without a shepherd. Then he, then, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Now, when the Bible says that, sorry, does anybody have, can anybody have me look up the Amplified, please? Amplified version. So when the Bible says that Jesus had compassion on them, the Yoruba translation will say, Anu so that means that the heart of Jesus at that time was feeling sad. Yeah, 36, yes, ma'am. When he saw the crowds, when he saw the crowd, he was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion and pity for them. And he had pity for them. So when Christ is seeing people, when God is seeing people go to hell, God is not standing there saying, Yeah, you bought it. If you have seen somebody who had ever been, maybe they called in into evangelism, please, it is not a general conversation. It's not a general thing. It is just the way God calls people are different. So that doesn't mean that whoever has this kind of encounter is greater than another. But most people who have encounters about evangelism, when God calls them to evangelism, they will always see the heart of God crying. When God brings you to that point, you will never be able to hold your tears. Because in his heart, he is grieving. That is why whenever you see a soul warm, the Bible says heavens will rejoice. Because at every one that goes to hell, God is weeping in his heart. That's why you will see that the Bible says that Jesus had compassion and he had pity for them. You will see the flip side as you go to Luke. Please, uh, as you go to Luke 15, the Bible says that Jesus was saying, he said, I tell you in that same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that repents than over 99 righteous persons that do not need to repent. So the Bible is saying that so the reason why you can understand why there is joy in heaven is because the heart of God is always weeping whenever he sees a person not to make a decision for him. For him. So when Jesus was saying, when the Bible says Jesus was filled with joy, because for the first, for a, maybe a long time, he saw the heart of Father or the Father stop crying. He saw God stop weeping for once. Because at times, and that's why I said, until you understand the heart thoughts of God, you will never understand. Evangelism. That's why I said when most people and it doesn't make anybody special. You read books of people who have encounters and things like that. It doesn't make it special. So don't say I'm not really seeing my own encounter. That means no, 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 no. That's not the point. But what I'm trying to say is that 
you would always, I will never forget, there was a day when I was a girl, that was when I began to have the sense that I was going to, you know, we're living in Alaska and then it was, I was still very young. I was probably um, maybe 12 or whatever it is. And I can remember that day, I was, I was taking my bath and it was as if I was seeing, I was, I could just feel people going into hell. And I can remember that day, I was crying in the bedroom. I knelt down and I could not stop the tears. It was not, I think it was that Sunday that a vision came out. And God said, I want to, I'm trying to, trying to put it in a way that you can understand what I'm saying. A vision came out and God said, you will not celebrate your birthday in any, in, in, in any big way until you are 50. That's why you don't see me. You know, I said people, that's why you don't see me. You know, do bad days and things like that. Because of the pre-encounter that I had had, see, like I said, I was still in my very young teenage years. Because of the encounter that I, ha I, ha I had, I will never forget, see, we had a place at the back of our house where we normally uh, spread clothes. I can remember that day where I stood after, after that vision, I went to go, I was, I was, they told me to go and do some laundry, so I went to uh, spread the clothes at the back. And I was standing there and I said to God, I said, okay, I have accepted that I will not celebrate my birthday until 50. But by the day, by the time I am 50, heavens, this is the number of souls that I want to stand on my name. What will make you is because you have, God has shown you the glimpse of the, the weeping in the heart of heaven. Some people will be like, ah, 50, I'm a, oh God, I am a God, my But for me, I, I was, like I said, I was young, so there was no, I didn't, I wasn't preaching, I wasn't, I wasn't a preacher, I wasn't, I was just a young boy that had a glimpse of the heart of heaven when a soul goes to so when the Bible says that, that's why, you know, that's what I for some, for some people, you know, and God holds you to those kind of things. I can remember that one, one day, many years later, I had a dream. And I saw that I was driving a bus and there were few people in there. And I was coming to this place. It was beautiful. It was like, it was literally paradise. And also, as I was driving in, and I got into the place, and somebody said, what are you doing here? I said, I'm back home. He said, back home to do what? He said, ah. He said, do. He said, we will give you the permission to come back. He said, look at your bed. Look at empty seats in your van. And you are back. You are saying that you are, you are doing what? He said, he said, he said, he said don't let us report you that you came home with an empty man. 
or one or two people. I can remember that day as I was in that dream, as I was driving back, I was the, the, it was as if a trumpet was blowing and he was singing the song, Lokede and things like so so at times when I'm doing certain ministrations and I ask for that song, I'm trying to remind myself <laughs> that they are waiting for how many people, how many vacant seats is your is your level. For some of us we've been driving for long. We are the only passenger in our car. And God is saying, <laughs> I put seats around you for a reason. And see, before somebody thinks that, ah, and you know, <laughs> you know, I used to tell people, this is, this is something I would have known about God. Is that the more God shows you, the more you know, is the Bible said to whom much is given, much is desired. So, the fact that God showed you a revelation, ah, <laughs> that revelation will stand against you. Do you know that the word of God does two things? As you hear a word, salmon, vision, whatever the case may be. He stands in the intention of God is that it will make him change towards him. But one thing also is that because of the nature of God's word, that word will stand against you the day you don't do it. Or the day you get to say, No, we said this. That's why Jesus said, When you go to place a to preach and they don't listen, don't worry. The fact that you have mentioned it to them. It stands as a witness against them to say you were told once. So when somebody says, ah, oh, the way God just opens heaven for me, me, I just see revelation. I go, honestly, in my own heart, I'm like, ah, and you must cause. <laughs> because every revelation that God ever shows you is in record. Because this is the way he sees it. There are millions of people that does not, did not have that access, that opportunity that he just had. So what I'm trying to say is that when I share certain things with you, I am sharing it with fear of my own life because I know that those things are going to stand and say, uh, excuse me, sir. Remember that you had this dream. Remember that they gave you a vision. Remember that... So you cannot say you did not hear. So... You know, there was there was there was thing that I know the the the, the 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 one time and this kind of encounter you will never forget when when I when I had the opportunity to see her. I was in that, that dream. I was standing afar, but yet I could feel the heat from where I was. And again, I will never forget. So, you are seeing, in that dream, say, you are seeing these things so that you have no excuse not to worry. So, why is God going through all of this? He's trying to make you see that this thing is, it is at the top of my heart. It causes me to weep 
time I see somebody doesn't make a decision and walks away. So the Bible says that in the same way there is more rejoicing. That means that heaven is still rejoicing, but there's some level of joy that heaven will never experience until when a soul is one. So if you are doing a service now and everybody's dancing and things like that, and there are people there that have not been given their life to Christ, and, and the vision is vision, uh, and let me sorry, the people in church say, God says, I am rejoicing over you. you. Know that it is a level of joy. It is not the, the peak. But let one body in that congregation make a decision. You see, the level of joy that you think that God is experiencing, that's what at times, you know, that's what at times, see, that's what at times, you know, God help us as we read the Bible to understand. We say, ah, you know, Lord, we do. You be like, ah, if you know that it is level one joy. But at times, when somebody, when you preach to somebody and somebody said, ah, I thank God, um, some, I gave my life to Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. And I took, I took, I took, I took. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. And I say, let us, let us, let us take God, King of all you. I'm going to say, ah, the one that would make me more rejoice is the one that you have left towards him. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So I am just trying to point to us that in the heart of God, the only thing that can wipe away tears from the face of heaven is when one person gives the right to Christ. Now this shows how much I am, what I'm trying to say to you is that you will never understand how much loves people. See, when the Bible says that you can't love God and love people, and you cannot, um, cannot say you love God when you love people. See, the kind of love that you're talking about is not actually the love that God is saying is that you can be looking at somebody and saying, God, this person, praying for somebody to finally give their life to Christ. Because you cannot understand how much God loves them. If you love them about every other thing, but the major thing that would determine their destiny, you are not talking about it. You are not talking about it. So the Bible says here that there is more joy in heaven. Now, why is this key? Because when we read John chapter 16, 3, verse 16 to 18, the Bible says it's a popular thing that we say, for God so loved the world. That he gave. So, so when you say that you love people and you are not interested in how well they are connected to Christ, you are not saying force it down their throat. But I'm saying, even, okay, this is a sample. How many people around your life do you know have not made, have not made Jesus their Lord? Can I can you check your last prayer points for the past two months? Have they appeared on that list in your prayer points? 
So the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only God that we should not believe he will not die but have it everlasting life. The Bible says, for, the, for God did not send his son to condemn the world, but through him they will be saved. The Bible that says, whosoever is, believes in him will not be condemned, but whosoever does not believe in him stands condemned. Not that God will condemn it. They are, the problem is that they are already on a path. He said already, he now said not because of, he said because they did not believe in the name of God, in the name of, of Christ. Somebody will say that, you know, they are okay. I know I will address that particular issue as well. Oh, they are okay. See, at times, at times we misjudge a couple of things. We say, ah, even, you know, is this one Christian? See, there are people who don't know Jesus. They are more Christian than you are. That is what's the case. A Christian will need to develop themselves in the character of Christ. But you cannot say that because somebody is okay. And because one of the things that that does is that you base your relationship and you are not concerned about their eternal security. So the Bible says here, now, this is what I was saying when I said um, Romans chapter 10, verse 1. He says, My brothers and sisters, my desire and my prayer to God is for is that Israel may be saved. Please note that Israel in this case, these are religious people. So he's saying that I do not only desire, but I have committed it to prayer. Today we'll be going out. One thing that we said is that if you speak to somebody, if they are willing to share their name, even if you don't get the contact with them, send it forth to the um, Ogamake or Sister Ayomide. That would write them. The idea is that you will gather, the Bible team will gather and be praying over those things. He says that he says my heart's desire is that is that is that, is that, is that and my prayer to God is for Israel to be saved. Let's read the Let's go to Romans uh, ten. Now, the Bible now says people say, oh, you know, some people will be okay. They will, if they want to know God, they will know Him anyway. The Bible says, how then can they call on the one whom they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one whom they have not had? How can they hear without somebody preaching to them? So all this idea of, you know, maybe they will, they will know Jesus one way or the other. The Bible says it is impossible except somebody tells them. Somebody brings it to their awareness. Somebody lets them know. It did not say they will accept, but you are letting them aware. You, 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 are, you are letting, you are, you are making them aware, sorry. You are making them aware. Now, when we go to Acts chapter 2, verse 5, 
you would see that the Bible says this is the day of Pentecost. When God was saying, when, 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 after Pentecost, the first people that God gathered, the Bible calls them, the Bible says, now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews. So what I'm trying to say, these people are righteous people, religious people. But yet, when you see when Peter was addressing them, let's go on please. Peter said, and when the people heard this, they were caught to their heart and they said to Peter, they said to Peter and to the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. I thought the Bible says they were God's fair. And the Bible says, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let's go on, please. The Bible on verse 31 now says that those who accepted this message were baptized, and there were about 3,000 added to their number that day. They devoted themselves. Please note that these people were already devoted Jews. The Bible now said they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So what am I what, what this is explaining to us is that even somebody that does not commit sin still needs Jesus. That's what this means. Because they were already God-fearing. Please, not one thing. If the Bible can say you are God-fearing, you are God-fearing. <laughs> You gotta tell this. So somebody will say that ah, um, Jesus and uh, uh, I am a friend of God. So no, let God say. But if God say that you are my friend, then you are his friend. <laughs> you gotta tell this. So if God said that somebody is God fearing, then what I'm trying to tell you is that it is important. At times, I get the issues within the body of Christ. I get issues that you have Christians that are still struggling with the flesh. So they do all kinds of things. But one of the ways the devil sneaks in, and you always see that the, the apostles will always kick against it. When people say that, ah, even people that are not Christian, I, I, I prefer to work with them than to work with all these, all these people. Fake Christians. In the scriptures, they were more worse Christians that you are complaining about now, it was more, you had more worse people when you read through the days of, of the fall. But yet, Paul will say, do well first to the people of faith. Because it doesn't want you to mix it up and think that this person is okay, whereas they are not. There are so many things that the body of Christ is said, it sounds good, but by standard of scripture, it is wrong. What Paul would rather do is to deal with the people in the church and make sure that people sit up, but you never see Paul compare people in church to those outside because he wants it to be clear. Even in scriptures, from the days of Abraham, 
God would always refer to people under covenant. Separate. Israelites were misbehaving. But yet, God will never talk. Will never call those that are as children of covenant. Because what we're talking about is totally different. You can have a Christian that is carnal. That's why the Bible classifies Christians. You have carnal Christians. Carnal Christians are the ones that it doesn't appear like they're giving their life to Christ. They are still controlled by the flesh. And there's a prescription that with the Bible says you deal with such things. Does that make sense? Because what, hap- what the danger is that you will have somebody that still needs to know Christ. But because you feel that they are the best, the last thing that will ever, you say, like, <laughs> those Christians, but they are even worse. And this person is still trying to make up their mind either to follow Christ or I was talking to, uh, sorry, I was listening to a lady that was saying that there was a lady that, you know, a group of Christians, sorry, a group of, um, was in Buddhist and things like Indians, in, and she went to, they, they normally do hairdressing and things like that, so she went there, so she goes there to do her hair, I think, so she began to talk to them about the gospel, asking their questions and things like that. And the, they were, they were talking about, they were, um, they gave their life to Christ. They started attending church. They started understanding the gospel and things like that. She traveled. By the time she came back, about a month or two, she said that they were saying that the problem we are having is that the way Christians come and complain to us, it makes us question, should we even bother going to the city? I am, the Bible never hides the fact that there are issues within the body of Christ. But what the Bible is saying, see, I think the best way I can explain and move on from there, is a thief that has been stealing all his life. The Bible says he met Jesus at the cross and because he gave his life to Christ, Jesus said, you are already a candidate of heaven. May God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. So, what I'm what I was trying to say here is that, as far as God is concerned, the heart of God is always bleeding. Each time you see somebody turn their back on you, that is why you would see. The Bible says that there was a rich man that came to Christ. And Jesus said, go and obey the commandments. The Bible says Jesus looked at him, Jesus loved him. But when he made up his mind to go away, Jesus wasn't happy. Because, see, one thing also you need to, we need to understand about God. God does not because he's unhappy, bend his rules. He doesn't do that. If he saw his son on the cross, and he didn't bend the rule, to say, okay, just come down. God doesn't bend rules. Why? Because you don't want to serve a God that bends rules. The Bible says that the reason why we are not consumed is because God does not change. Can you imagine if you if you if you serve a God that is controlled by his emotions? If he's angry with you, you will not. 
Sam will not even come out today because he just offended him. At times we ask for we ask for something about God, but the truth is that what you are expecting it to be like, you don't want it to be like that. So they said, "Say, oh, you know, I just feel good about you today. I would, you know, I would bless you because he has followed that pattern. The day he feels bad, he will do this. He will do this." Because he has to be just. And the only way God can be just is that you know his laws and he keeps by his laws so that you too can plan your life according to his laws. The reason why you can plant and expect harvest is because there is a God is behind that system. So that you know that when I plant today, in the next six months, I will come and reap. If you had a God that was run by temperament, you will plan today, next year you may not even eat his anything to eat. The only reason why we can be, people can be disastrous and walking across the world, doing all sorts of things, sinning against God, and yet God still remains, is because he's a constant God. If you were to be responding to the way people are behaving all the time, none of us will be here. So that's why I'm saying that at times the imagination of God that we have it, may, it, it appeals to you because of where you are standing to look at it. When you look at it from the other side, you would rather want him to be the way he is. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So as we, because we're not taking much of our time, it's something I want us to, you know, let's look at Matthew. And this is where we got our topic from. The Bible says, Matthew 25, 22, 23. The Bible says that the servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags to invest and I have hanged two more. The master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling the small, a small amount, so I will give you more responsibilities. Let us celebrate together. The other translation will say, enter the joy of your, of, your, of your father. So how joy radiates in a Christian life is when you can multiply what God has given you. What has God given you? He has given, he has, he has given you your salvation. That's why the Bible says that God has reconciled us to himself and he has also given us a, a, a responsibility of reconciling people to himself. So for every Christian who wants to come and celebrate together with God, with God on the Yobai Tassel, for you to enter the joy of God, at times we look at this and see God is saying, come to heaven. No, he said, there is a particular joy. Celebration that is about to happen. But it can only, you can only partake in that if you have learned to know how to invest that God has given you and generate more. And please know that in heaven, there is no silver or gold 
the only thing that counts as value is souls of people. So when we are talking about joining, having access to the joy of God, it is important. See, can I just say something also before I just close this aside? Who say, you know, me, I cannot just be, you know, the energy is too much, the, uh, the stress is too much. If you understand what it takes God to uh, uh, engage in his joy, you rather, some of us, we are going to watch Brother uh, Boy You save money. You do over time. Only to enjoy the joy of Brother Boy. Or whatever, whatever it is that you see to. <laughs> to adapt it. To adapt it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Amen. I'm not old, but And what am I trying to say is that if you can see if you go out for a whole week or a whole month and you not stop until you see one person, it is enough to, 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 to enter access to a level of joy. So what I'm trying to say is that what is too much for you to labor to be able to access the joy of God? So, what I'm trying to say is that each time God does see, I, I want to also believe that if God buys me a car and I'm grateful to him and I come and say, God, thank you, God will be more grateful if I have somebody who is trying to connect God or cannot, and I go to that person's house to pick them up to bring them before the presence of God. That is where that car has eternal account. Until now, God is grateful, but the account is here because they don't drive car in heaven. But the day you can attach that car to the product of his soul. Becomes an eternal reward for God. So the Bible says that, and that is what I'm trying. So you can look at any aspects, but it is important that a Christian understands that each time you have so maybe some of us, maybe this week, after you know we, we, we were contemplating whether we should do it as um, evangelism week or evangelism day, but in that way, after we go out today. Please take time to say, God, I want to sponsor a party in heaven this month. Because some of us are, like I said, this is why when God said, until 50, I said, ah, we would make sure that that party 
is see that is the kind of part that they will say, Are you born a woman? The part that you do and Sonny comes to come and sorry, I'm very don't worry about this kind of and all those ones. It is Ayo, it is Ayo or who doesn't care. But when you do a celebration in such a way that hits a soul, it is registered in hell. Everyone will say, ah, when this boy clocked 50, this is the celebration that happened. And, and you know, one thing I also want to know is that when God said, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord, you think that God will say, yeah, go and put your leg up. He said, you will be given more responsibilities because God is never satisfied. He still wants more from you. If you bring one, he's expecting to bring two. If you bring two, you're expecting to bring three. Even when you bring a million, as far as God can see one person still walking the surface of the heart that has not known him, his heart is to be. May God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. And that is why when Jesus was going to release the whole power of heaven and earth, the first time you see Jesus say, Oh, yeah, now I have, I have gathered all the power of heaven and earth. Sorry, just the pictures coming in my mind is terrible. And otherwise, you know, you might hear another one talk about our government. They gather power from everywhere and everywhere. And I say, sorry, I don't know which one they got for you. Which one? Um, sorry, so I said that I'm ready. God, God help us in Jesus' name. But let's go to the next slide. Now, the Bible says, then Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, that means that I am behind you. You want to see my power? You want to see how powerful I am? I am behind you. Therefore, go out. Where God packages his power of heaven and earth is when you step out or you make a decision to say there is one person that I know. That no matter how, see, some of them, it may take you time. It may take you a step-by-step -step approach. But what are you looking for? Joy of God. I don't mind how long it will take me to invest in. And the Bible says that, it says, it says, go therefore make disciples of nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Said, take them to obey everything. Said, I am with you. Basically, this is the mission that you always see me standing next to you. This is the word that when you, when you are talking to people, I am standing there to say, don't worry, just keep going. The day you, it seems like you fail, and somebody says, turn out of my face, 
Jesus is standing next. He said, don't worry. I took record that he spoke to you. So the Bible said, all power in heaven and on earth. That was why when the power was first released from heaven in the book of Acts, the only reasonable thing that that power could do was when Peter was going to step out to preach the gospel, God stood there. Because Jesus was being faithful to his word. That go, I have given you power. So when they went in the, in the, um, in, in the, in the room of the apostles, there was no other way to, to, there was no other function of that power. It was, there was no time to do crusade and, and say and do all those kind of things. There was no point. There was no other. The only power, once a certain level of power is released, there is only, as far as everyone is concerned, there is only one, there is only one destination to bring souls into the kingdom. To bring souls into the kingdom. And as we go out today, there is no parking, so we can go as quickly as possible. Well, we see, see as God is doing it, the weather is getting moderate. It appears like God is controlling the heaven and earth to ensure that everything goes well. Amen. I'm not saying that we will spend there forever. They told me that we will spend one hour. So, but I'm just pointing to the fact that God seems to be controlling both heaven and earth so that you can go out and show and tell, speak to somebody about him. Speak to somebody about him. That was what Jesus was talking to his disciples when he spoke to them earlier. When he spoke to them earlier and he said, um, when he spoke to them earlier and he said that, he was speaking to them and he said, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to you. You know, when he told this scripture says all authority. And when we told the disciples when they came by, what did they say? I have given you authority to trample the false names. You know, see, there are some scriptures that you can use as a derivative. You can take the blessing and apply it elsewhere. But there are some scriptures, but, but that scripture has its original purpose. People will say, ah, from heaven and earth, God has given you power. Therefore, yes, it is good. But the actual reason why he released it was so that you can bring souls. So that means that if I finish all my ministration, and there is no soul that is brought to Christ. Everyone is saying, I am joy, I, I, I am filled with joy. But that joy is of level one. What day are you going to bring so much joy to me that even everyone will stand up and say, Yes, 
this is the one that we are looking for. So as we come to pray together, as we recognize again the journey, Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.